time for our Phelps Health Program, and Paige Hyphen is your host. Good morning, Paige. Good morning, Lee. Glad to be back here. It's nice and warm outside. I don't know if you've been outside, but... I have not been outside. <laughs> I'm looking forward to going out and standing in 99-degree temperature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the humidity is not super terrible yet, so go and do it before it gets too hot. Okay, okay. So today for our Ask a Professional Program, we have Phelps Health Physician Assistant Brett Clayton on our program today. So welcome back. It's been a while since we've had you, Brett. Good morning. It's been a while. Happy yeah, we're, here. we're super excited to have you. So we really love to start off our shows just asking our um, providers to tell us a little bit about themselves, why they chose to work in healthcare, kind of what brought them to Phelps Health. So I'll go ahead and hand it over to you. Well, perfect. So I've, I've, uh, I'm a physician assistant or a PA. I've been working in orthopedic surgery for the last 12 years. Um, my wife and I and our six children live here in Rolla, and um, we moved here from Las Vegas, which was a huge change, and, and we really enjoy the Midwest. We enjoy Rolla specifically because it has some big town amenities, but also the, the feel and the care of a small town, so we, it's that perfect balance. And, and Phelps Health, I've been here for, since 2013 and worked in orthopedics with uh, Dr. Michael Potter during that time, and, and I've really enjoyed working with him and at the hospital, the same idea. It's just a, a great hospital for um, a growing town with some of the amenities that a smaller town might not have and, and allows us to uh, be able to work on some specialty issues that we can't in other places. So. Yeah, I love that. That's really cool. You know, I hear you say six kids, and I'm like, man, we could just do a whole show about kids oh, now. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> so today we're not talking about kids, though. We're talking about orthopedics. So let's just dive right in. Tell us what orthopedics is. So orthopedics is basically any any treatment that has to do with bones and joints and muscles of the body. So anything that makes your mechanical body move. So we in orthopedics here at Phelps Health, we do shoulders and knees and hips and hands and feet and and uh, any basically any joint that needs work on, we can do most things. There are a few select things that we would refer to other locations, but generally speaking, we do do that. And, and all of the surgeons at orthopedics uh, at the hospital have the ability to treat many of these things, and if not, then they can refer to one of the partners in the practice. So when patients come into orthopedics clinic for treatment, what types of care do they receive? What can they expect? So we have x-ray in the office, which is handy because uh, we don't have to send you away for another visitor or take care of that separately. So we can can do x-rays in the office. We can both diagnose and treat conditions in the office with injections or with casting or splinting. We can prescribe physical therapy. We can order and interpret MRIs and CT scans and bone scans and things that are needed to help with, with diagnosis for that. So we have we have basically full capabilities for orthopedics at the hospital there. So whenever you say order and interpret um, x-rays, that type of thing, do we do all of that in-house or do we send that out somewhere? We try and do all of it in-house if we can. It helps to just with the convenience of it and speeds time. Um, we do have x-rays in the office, so if we see you in the office and decide you need an x-ray, we can do it immediately in the office. It's a 20-step walk to the office x-ray and then get the results back immediately and we'll look at it with you and go over the images with you and, and get an idea of what to do based on that. So it's very handy. Very cool. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize that Phelps Health has a really comprehensive orthopedics team and Phelps Health is pretty large. I mean, as far as a rural hospital goes, we often operate like some of these larger hospitals that you see in these metropolitan areas. That's true. So something else that I think would be really cool to talk about are some of the common ailments that you see in your practice. You know, because we are a rural area, do you see some of the same things that people would see in larger cities? Do you see more or less? We absolutely do, and we actually treat some more complex issues here um, simply because some of these patients have a difficult time traveling to larger cities, and so we do treat pretty much the full gamut with, with some, some small exceptions. Um, I work specifically with Dr. Michael Potter, and we do treat all orthopedic conditions. He is a fellowship-trained shoulder surgeon, and so he does specialize in shoulders, but 
know, just this week we've done knee replacements, hip replacements. We've done uh, knee surgeries and hand surgeries. Do a lot of carpal tunnel surgeries. So, so we do treat everything. He just has some extra special training in shoulder disorders. So, whenever you say specialty training versus, I guess, just general training, what's the difference there? And is the level of care the same? So, orthopedics is uh, is training after medical school. So you do a residency. It's a five-year residency program, and after that program, then you do an additional uh, one year of fellowship training, if you like. And so all orthopedic surgeons can treat most conditions. It's just he wanted some extra special training specifically for shoulders so he could treat some more complex things and have a little extra Mm -hmm. uh, experience under his belt. Yeah, I feel like we've got a lot of golfers here, a lot of people who like to play um, like softball and older adult leagues. So, you know, perfect. We do. We do. We have a lot of weekend warriors around Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. So what are the different types of orthopedic surgeries that orthosurgeons might perform around here? Uh, We do uh, joint replacements for knees, for hips. Uh, We do joint replacements uh, for shoulders as well. Um, We do uh, ligament repairs in in knees and in shoulders. We repair rotator cuffs. We do um, carpal tunnel surgery, trigger fingers. We do lots of smaller hand surgeries uh, and do some other arthritic surgeries as well. Uh, Pretty much the only thing we don't surgically operate on are backs right now in, in orthopedics, but we can initiate treatment for that and help get that together with the pain clinic here, um, get some other care needed for that uh, without uh, having surgical referral. So if somebody has like shoulder pain or even if it's back pain or whatever it is, when should they know to see an orthopedic um, surgeon or when when should they contact their primary care provider? I think from my perspective, when you have joint pain, when it really begins to be something that's affecting what we call ADLs or activities of daily living, if, you, if it's limiting you in your sleep, if it's making sleep difficult, if it's making it difficult to do simple things like getting dressed, like taking care of your kids, doing your work, even recreational activities, you know, if it's making it difficult for you to drive or difficult for you to golf or difficult for you to throw a ball, to mow the lawn, any of those things, I, I absolutely think it's worth coming in and getting treatment for uh, to improve quality of life and, and make sure there's not a a greater problem that needs to be addressed. So I'm thinking about some of these weekend warriors or people who, you know, as we get older, they're still very athletic, um, very, um, like, active. What are some quick ways to determine if, like, their shoulder pain or their back pain or whatever it is, if it's actually the result of an injury? I think, uh, you know, overuse injuries sometimes will, will nag us for a week or so. You know, if I'm I'll put myself in that weekend warrior category if I go out mm-hmm. and play basketball for an hour or two or go on a four-mile run. My legs are going to be sore for a few days, and that's okay. The problem is if you have loss of motion, you have stiffness, you have loss of power, um, or the pain is just not resolving. You're taking medi- over-the-counter medications to help with those symptoms or help with swelling and pain. It's not resolving, and it continues to, to burden you after a few days, then even a, a week or so, then I think it's probably worth uh, getting evaluated. You know, what kind of over-the-counter medications can somebody take if they're experiencing joint pain? That's really difficult depending on what their doctors would allow them to prescribe based on medical conditions. They can take Tylenol, they can take anti-inflammatory medications like ibuprofen, like aspirin, like Aleve. But again, it will be based on whether or not they have mm-hmm. other medical conditions that allow them to take them. What about like hot and cool packs? Is that something that they should utilize if they have joint pain? I think absolutely. I think uh, anytime you do something, using uh, using hot or cold packs is beneficial just because it helps slow down the inflammation or helps with stiffness depending on. So I would just do it based on what feels better. Sometimes the heat feels better, sometimes the, the ice mm-hmm. feels better. And continuing to move a lot of times is helpful. If you're, if you're stiff and you're sore, 
believe it or not, most, arth most arthritic conditions are better off if you have some activity and some motion than if you stay at rest. Yeah, this is kind of funny listening to you say that. So I had ACL surgery whenever I was in college, and I notice even now I don't have arthritis, um, but I notice now if I go a few days without any type of physical activity, I can't, like, sit down Indian style, or it's much more difficult to, like, do squats or whatever the exercise is because my knee gets really stiff. It does, and you get, you get some scarring as a result of mm -hmm. surgery or a result of injury, and and it can make it more stiff, and so you just need to cater to that and be aware and, and plan that into some extra stretching mm -hmm. and things like that. Along yeah. With that. So along the same lines is that how important is rehab for people that, you know, have to get any type of orthopedic surgery? It, it, the vast majority of patients that have orthopedic surgery do need rehabilitation. They do need something to help build muscle strength. You'd be surprised how quickly, and you may have seen this with your ACL, mm -hmm. how quickly your muscle atrophies or weakens and gets smaller because mm -hmm. of mis because of di misuse or disuse, actually. And so it does take time to build up strength and, and takes time to make sure that you're using the joint again normally, both with motion and with strength, to get you back to par. Yeah, I think something that's also a common misconception, too, with therapy is that once you finish rehab, you're done, right? You don't have to do anything else anymore, and that's not true, right? It's not true. I, I call it. I like to call it hygiene. You know, if you you may be able to get away with not brushing your teeth once or twice, mm -hmm. but over time you'll notice a difference if you don't. And with some of these injuries or with some of these conditions, if you don't keep up the maintenance, whether keep up the stretches or keep up the exercises for your low back pain or for your shoulder pain, mm -hmm. then over time you may notice pain returns, and it's because you're not maintaining that joint hygiene. You're not keeping yourself moving and active. So I want to dive back into shoulders for a minute. Um, does shoulder pain often resolve on its own specifically, or what does that look like? It can, and sometimes it can take a couple of weeks to not resolve, uh, and that's depending on activity level. You can continue to move a joint that's painful as long as um, you are cautious with your activity. So if it's painful, you probably shouldn't do it too much, but it's okay to continue to move to some degree. The real problem with shoulders comes in when it, our, our biggest red flag, say for like a rotator cuff tear, is pain laying on the shoulder. If it hurts at night to lay on your shoulder, that's a big indicator of a problem that needs to be addressed. Now, that usually does not resolve without some kind of care. Uh, but there are even some exercises and things that can be done on your own, uh, which we provide a lot of patients to try and get them better before having something more aggressively treated. So any kind of overhead motion that's painful, any kind of lifting that's painful, those things will all usually re refer back to the shoulder and something needing to be addressed. So how do you treat shoulder in injury specifically? Is the first step to send somebody to rehab to get them evaluated? A lot of times the first step for us in the office is, is uh, getting an x-ray. And the reason we say that is because there's a lot that can be told. You know, a lot of people say, well, I don't think it's my bone. I think it's, I think it's my rotator cuff. And so an x-ray is not going to show that. Why do I need an x-ray? I need an MRI. But the truth is there's a lot of injuries and a lot of conditions that we can diagnose based on bony evaluation on an x-ray which is uh, cheaper and very effective, that can help us get to the bottom of what the problem is without doing the more expensive tests. And those x-rays a lot of times will help us see conditions that are going on even though we can't quite see the see the, the ligaments or the muscles or, mm -hmm. or things like that. Yeah, I'm laughing because I think it was a couple of years ago, my husband, his shoulder like snap, crackles, and pops. That's what I'm going to say. He sounds like a Rice mm -hmm. crispy, right? And he had actually scheduled an appointment with you and he came home and he said they gave me an x-ray and then they told me, you know, to do these XYZ movements. And I'm like, all right, cool. We're good to go then. But I guess at the time he was confused about why was I getting an x-ray, but that totally makes sense now. It does. There's a lot that can be told from from x-rays at the same time there are some things we can't do with an x-ray mm -hmm. but, but there's more we can probably do with an x-ray than you'd think so. so is there a certain population that's more likely to have a shoulder injury that requires treatment versus just rehabilitation maybe some exercises 
Um, I think any kind of overuse is going to be something that needs to be maintained with some form of joint hygiene. You know, if you're doing a lot of overhead work, a lot of motions, a lot of repetitive motions, I think that those would be beneficial to, to maintain some kind of exercising and stretching regimen or routine to help with pain and also just to keep you from getting stiffness or, and prevent other problems that you could have later down the road. So, And we have those in the office and we routinely provide those to patients so that they can do some things on their own and take control of their own care. Okay, so now that you've said that, I have a couple of questions. Do our joints deteriorate over time? They do, unfortunately. A lot of times I'll refer it to as, as tires on a car, mm -hmm. you know, that the tires will wear. Problems with the rotator cuff over time is they don't heal very well, and the blood supply is limited in that area, and so the healing capability of it is not ideal. We can do therapy. Not all rotator cuff tears have to be repaired. You can have therapy and strengthen the shoulder and function with a, with a partially torn rotator cuff. But if the therapy and the exercises and things are not improving it, then you're probably not going to get better without having it fixed. And another myth that I, I would like to debunk to find out if it's true or false from an orthopedics perspective is CrossFit. Is CrossFit bad on your joints? Is, does it matter? Is it neutral? It's complicated. I say it's neutral. <laughs> um, the, the problem I see with CrossFit at times could be that your wads or your workout of the day um, can vary. And so as long as you're aware that you're resting your muscle groups, I think it's okay. Mm -hmm. if, you're, if you do two wads in a row, they're going to be lower body two days in a row, and you're just pushing it to the max and doing, you know, AMRAPs or as many reps and as many repetitions as possible, things like that. I think that's okay as long as you properly rest in between and mm -hmm. recover. So you have to have some recovery time to make that workable. But there's there's plenty of people that do CrossFit and other heavy activities like that, and they do fine and they do well. It's just yeah. it's, it's just being wise. Yeah, even Olympic weightlifters, right? Sure. Same type of thing. So how long is recovery time typically for a shoulder injury? So shoulder injury can vary. Um, without surgery, it could take six weeks. It could take um, three months. It could take two weeks. It all just depends on on how in-depth we go and how ser serious the condition is. So something like uh, bursitis in the shoulder or tendonitis in the shoulder could resolve in a matter of two to four weeks together with some stretches and some exercises at home, or it could resolve with some rest. Um, we generally would want you to continue to move it. Most, you know, Some people come into the office with a sling on because they say it feels better to immobilize it. That's okay for a short period of time, mm -hmm. but you really need to keep it moving to prevent other problems from developing. What are those other types of problems that could develop if you stop moving your shoulder if it hurts? So we do see people develop uh, what we call frozen shoulders occasionally. That can happen with an injury, but can also happen spontaneously with certain medical conditions where the, the shoulder joint just kind of scars and contracts and it makes it very difficult to move and very painful. And that can be something that takes a long time to treat and to heal. Um, but we, we, want the, we don't want to lose motion, we don't want to lose strength, and so we want it to continue to move as best as possible, as long as it's within tolerance. If it's too painful, then mm -hmm. we need to address it. Is there ever a point where somebody has a shoulder injury where it's too late to rehab it, where it just is what it is? There are. There are some times, um, but there's still treatments for it. Uh, we do uh, a special type of shoulder replacement called a reverse total shoulder arthroplasty or reverse shoulder, and it reverses the geometry in the shoulder. The shoulder joint is basically a golf tee turned on its side, and the arm bone is the golf ball. And over time, if you have a, a complete rotator cuff tear that has been torn for an extended period of time, sometimes that's not repairable. And so there are some surgeries that can be done to eliminate pain and allow you to continue to have function even if the cuff isn't repairable. But I feel like for most things in the shoulder, there is a treatment that can make you better uh, than you are at your baseline if, if surgery is needed. 
So if people like not to get surgery, if that's like an option for them, can they get shots or what are some other types of things where they don't want to get surgery, but they want other options? There are times where we can, pro where we can uh, perform judicious steroid injection in the shoulder. Um, we do know that steroids can cause problems if done too frequently. And so we're cautious both with their medical conditions and also with the joint to do a, a steroid or cortisone injection in a shoulder or in a knee or in a hip or in another location of the body. And those can be done um, intermittently to try and help with inflammation and with pain to get you on the road to recovery. Sometimes your pain is too great and the swelling is too great to do therapy appropriately and to do rehab effectively. And a steroid injection is something that can bring down, kind of like treating a sunburn to get you going again. It can, it can bring down that flare, bring down that inflammation or that bursitis so that you can get active again. So how long does it take for somebody, let's say that they've elected to get surgery, to kind of notice in an improvement? What do those milestones look like? And I know you said it's different for every person. For some people, it may only be a couple of weeks. For some people, it may be a longer period of time. Generally speaking, shoulder surgeries are a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, the recovery could be three months, it could be six months. Um, occasionally it could be a little longer. But I'd say most people have restrictions for approximately three months and frequently are in a sling for six weeks. And this, this is just to give you adequate recovery and to make sure the repairs hold. If you, if you do too much with them too soon, you can damage the repairs. It's, it's carpentry, essentially, and we don't want the repair to be damaged. And so we, we limit you, but then have you doing therapy or guidance through a physical therapist so that we can provide um, purposeful movements that allow you to keep moving, not get stiff, and provide strengthening in a safe atmosphere. If somebody damages their shoulder, if, you know, they mess up that carpentry, that upholstery, you know, that you've, you've gone in and fixed, how difficult is it to repair it? Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's dependent on the individual, dependent on the surgery, depending on their health problems. Uh, we do see people that occasionally have recurrent tears in the rotator cuff or recurrent problems, and they can be repaired. I think Dr. Potter is very good at that. Mm -hmm. um, I've, I've been uh, very happy to work with him and, and see his ability to treat some very complex shoulder problems and very complex shoulder surgeries, and, and I, would, I would let him operate on me. Um, he's, he actually he has he's operated on me before. Um, but, Perfect uh, testimonial. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I think, that, um, I think that we can address most things, even when they have a recurrent problem and, and they have a recurrent issue, I, I think they can be addressed. With recurrent repairs, is that something that's genetic? Is it lifestyle choices? Is it both? All of the above. Um, we do see even it repeat injuries, sometimes non-compliance, um, but uh, they, they can be. And we have tools to make things reinforced and stronger uh, if, if, a, if an additional surgery is needed. And there's newer technologies that make that uh, have higher rates of, of uh, it being a stable repair without further damage. So you mentioned non-compliance. I think this is something that often comes up in healthcare across the board. How important is it that people trust their providers and listen to the guidance that they're giving them? Oh man, it's it's you know we're even as healthcare providers we're we're poorly compliant with our own treatment. You know, mm -hmm. We we realize what needs to be done and and everybody struggles to to follow through with that. A lot of times you know people get a gym membership because they realize if they're going to work out at home it just doesn't happen. You have mm -hmm. too much going on at home, yep. and so we prescribe them physical therapy because. It's more realistic that you're going to do it when you leave the house and go somewhere than if you do it on your own. And so compliance is very key. You know, a lot of medicine, I believe, is about empowering patients to really know how to treat themselves. And part of what we do is trying to help them 
make themselves better. And part of that is teaching them that they have to be compliant with, with what they want to do. If they want to get better, then they have to follow our guidelines. Otherwise, they're going to struggle and, and they'll be their own biggest obstacle. So. so along the lines of patients learning how to treat themselves and really kind of empowering themselves, how can they reduce the likelihood of injuring their shoulders? Maybe they already have and they want to you know, reduce the occurrence that it'll happen again. Maybe it's somebody like me and I've never hurt my shoulder. What's some advice you would give? I think the best advice is, is just trying to stay in good physical condition. It's not always easy. Like I said, I have six children and I'm very busy <laughs> and uh, I work on that regularly. My wife is big into yoga and she exercises regularly, um, but even she and I both get injuries occasionally. And so that's just part of, I don't want to say age, we'll say time. How about that? Is that a better answer? Yes. Um, but, but it is something that requires effort to maintain, just like I said, like brushing your teeth. If, you're, if you don't do the little things, then over time you'll, you'll be more prone to injury and accident. So we've got a few minutes left, and I've got just a couple of more questions for you. So do patients or people just need like a referral from their primary care physician to make an appointment with a provider at the Phelps Health Ortho Clinic, or how does that process learn? It depends on their insurance. Uh, some insurances require a referral to orthopedics, some do not. And that's something to find out either by calling their insurance or by checking with their primary care provider, and they can provide that for them. Um, we have uh, multiple uh, surgeons and then myself in the office, and so we, we have good availability to see patients. So it's just going to be checking with their primary care or with their insurance, see if a referral is needed. What can a patient expect at a doctor's visit whenever they make an appointment and they're able to come see you? Is there anything that they should prepare in advance? Um, I think that uh, basically they need to be available for the time needed to receive the treatment. We know that it, it takes time and if we're going to get an x-ray and if we're going to possibly do an injection or put a cast on or do something, that it takes time to do that and try and be patient with a busy clinic. Um, we, we're working hard to treat everybody that comes in and, and we're happy to do so and, and just scheduling around for that. So just a couple of more questions. Let's talk a little bit about the Phelps Health Orthopedics Clinic. How does our orthopedics clinic compare to larger metropolitan clinics? Uh, we have a we have a large busy clinic. We uh, have expanded our clinic recently and have more clinic space at this point, and so we uh, can better meet the needs of patients in terms of timeliness. Can better meet the needs of patients and see more, and we are uh, we're grateful for that. We've also added Dr. Yulo in the last few months mm -hmm. as another surgeon, and and we're we're happy to expand because there's a need in the community. So I, I feel like we can we can offer most things that are offered in big metropolitan areas with the convenience of being local and being more personal than the metropolitan areas can provide. So I, I do feel like we have, we're have we a step above a, a rural hospital mm -hmm. for sure, and we can provide those amenities that big hospitals have in a local area. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, just to plug for our podcast, Dr. Yulo will actually be on next week on Facebook talking about sports injuries. So yeah. very cool. Perfect time for orthopedics, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, just one more quick question. How can somebody make an appointment at the Phelps Health Ortho Clinic? Our phone number is 364-NEE uh, or 364-5633 and you can call directly to speak to them and that will get both orthopedics and podiatry there in the office and be happy to make an appointment through them. Great. Thanks so much, Brett. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Today we've been speaking with Phelps Health PA Brett Clayton. Thanks so much again for being here today. If you missed part of the show or would like to listen to it again, visit phelpshealth.org.